Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. To another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world, Aaron the Mukesia Mukes. It is a beautiful, dark and eerie Friday, the 13th of May, here in the city, episode 29, about to kick off. We have a wonderful show ahead of us. We are breaking down every team in the NFL. We are giving you guys our top. 32 well it's not even top 32 we're giving <laughs> top you our 32 our sack city power rankings of the nfl teams now that the draft has come to a close and free agency has come to a close uh it is just it it, it, it we're ready we're ready to break it down uh we've got that the schedule was just released last night so much to talk about aaron harrow goes it i'm good i'm good it, it, it today is friday the 13th it's actually the 13th it is. It is Friday. I, did, I honestly didn't know that. That kind of scares me for what I have in store for um, some particular fans tonight because they might be a little upset because I'm bringing I'm bringing some heat for them and they might they might try to come get me like you know Jason and Freddy Cougar style or something because I'm coming at some teams today. I think tonight's show. I think we're going to. Uh... I think we're going to start <laughs> a new fan base of hatred. I think we push aside. I think we further our hatred for certain teams and then bring on some new hatred from new teams. You're just going to have to tune in and find out. We're going to be dropping our power rankings in just a few. Uh, but the schedule was released last night, Aaron, and lots. I mean, this is I don't know what it is, but it just seems like the NFL keeps just showing out and putting the best games on paper on primetime television. And it is like I looked at you said you looked at the schedule late and as in late you mean today you looked at it. it is it just me or does it seem like the NHL there the NFL schedule just keeps getting better and better we're going to we're seeing more and more just great matchups and and everything I mean yeah you you see the great matchups I don't know if I'll say I think again it goes to the speculation of what's a great matchup right we're talking about teams now that we think are going to be good teams that we think are going to do certain things. Um, as we kind of break down these schedules over the next couple of weeks, each team, each division, we'll kind of get into some of that where we see these teams going. But again, a lot of it's speculation. What we're really looking for is matchups, storylines. And I think the NFL continues to do a good job of making sure that those matchups are put in prime time. They're putting great uh, time slots and that their TV partners are getting the most out of those matchups. So you know, kudos to them. The NFL always does a good job doing it. And this year is no different. Yeah. And I mean, uh, before we talk about the schedule further, I want to remind everyone and tell everybody that on Monday, starting Monday, we are going to break down everybody's schedule. We start off with the, the AFC North on Monday. We go through all of those team schedules and determine the level of difficulty of those schedules, which is why we're here tonight to break down the power rankings. So we have an idea of who actually has a hard schedule and who doesn't. Uh, but I, I just want to say this to everybody watching right now. If you're a fan of like, say maybe the Jaguars, or if you're like a lions fan or some, a fan of a team that doesn't have a whole lot of primetime football games, get over it, especially for the Jacksonville Jaguars fans who complain about the Jags, not having primetime games. This marks the 11th straight year that the Jags do not have a Monday night football game the 11th straight year without the Jags being on Monday night football, which I mean, it's not, it's not crazy. Okay. We have to start considering what really goes into making primetime, who gets primetime games and who doesn't. 
They want to get eyes on the product. They pick the teams that are going to bring the most eyes on the product. And sadly enough, if you're a bottom feeder team with no history, you're not going to be featured on primetime television. The Jacksonville Jaguars as the prime example. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. To me, Monday Night Football is what it is. Thursday Night Football is what it is, right? Um, the only real, I mean, I know they call those primetime games because they're the only games on. The games that mean something to me are those Sunday night football games. After we've watched a day of football and we're waiting for the best matchup of the week or a primetime top matchup of that week, and that's that Sunday night football game. I honestly, outside of week one, I could care less what that Thursday night football game is or those Monday night football games are. I really could. Most of those games end up being not very good at times or yeah. you know, a lopsided affair or a team that really probably isn't going to do anything. So I wouldn't get all worked up about that. I know Detroit doesn't have any top primetime games. I think they're the only team, uh, yeah. which is unfortunate because well, they might be one of the funner teams to watch. But again, you have to prove it first. Yeah, and I think they, they're considered, I, obviously they're not in primetime like a Monday night football game or a Sunday night football game or even a, a Thursday night football game. They do have their Thanksgiving Day game though. Like there's still- and Nobody watches slotted. that. Nobody's even saying. awake to watch it. Everybody's cooking food. Nobody cares about the Lions on Thanksgiving. I, I'm I'm like, just saying they that is considered their primetime game. Like to me, that is their primetime game. You get the Thanksgiving yeah, day nine slot. in the morning, or you, I guess on your time, your time maybe twelve noon. That's prime time. It, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not a bad. Like I I I watch it. I mean, I'm not. I, I so do I. I watch it, of course. But like, I think I think that is their their primetime game, though. But Aaron, what what game this season are you most looking forward to? Uh, now that we know the date, the time, and everything. Oh, this one's uh, this one's fun. You know, this is not going to be your typical egg. You're the best teams. and Well, maybe most people think this team might be the best. But for me, it's easy. Come on, guys. I am a Cowboys fan. And it's week two. Week two, Cowboys and Bengals. That's right. America's team host Joe Shiesty. Cool Joe Burrow. Defending AFC champion. Look. This, this game means a lot to me because I am the biggest Cincinnati Bengals um, hater, as most people would call it, <laughs> saying that they're not going to repeat what they did, that they're overrated, and Joe Burrow's overrated. And so I'm excited to see this game at AT&T Stadium week two. I, I like the matchup for the Cowboys. I think week two, you get, um, you get a team early in the season when they're trying to make adjustments. I think Dallas could take advantage of that. And, and we're going to see where Cincinnati stacks up early, and I think that's going to be the, the most fun for me. So I'm excited for that one. Yeah. That, I mean, that is, that is your game. The team you it have is. had the most heat for, but the Bengals traveling to your favorite team in the Dallas Cowboys. I'm very glad you did go the route of picking your own team. And although to most that does that, that is a great game. Like either, even you don't even have to be a Cowboys fan to say that that's a game you're looking forward to. You might have to be a fan of either one of these two teams to be looking forward to my favorite game. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New York Jets on Thursday night football in uh, in week 13 or week 16. Sorry about that. Week 16, the Jags take on the New York Jets in East Rutherford in, at MetLife. You get to see Trevor Lawrence battling Zach Wilson. That The story writes itself right there between number one overall pick and number two overall pick. But what I really like about this is these are two teams that we we all think, at least the people on this show, think are headed towards the right direction. The Jacksonville Jaguars heading in the right direction with their new head coach, Doug Peterson. The New York Jets heading into the right direction under Robert Sala. I mean, this is these are two teams that and, and at week 16 of the season, everything's already rolling here. These two teams are in in, in full 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 steam ahead. And you talk about it, and we're going to talk about it a little bit about the New York Jets and where we think they fall in terms of the AFC as a whole and the NFL as a whole. These two teams could be surprising us come week 16. And I don't want to say battling for a playoff spot, at least for the Jacksonville Jaguars case. These are teams that are not going to be bottom feeders, in my opinion, come week 16. So you're going to see two hungry young teams come together and match up. At, uh, I, I'm a, and as a Jags fan, obviously, that's the... It writes itself right there. I'm excited. It does. That's a, that's a that's a good matchup that I want to see as well. You get two young, supposedly franchise quarterbacks uh, going at it week 16. Um, but I do have some bad news um, regarding the New York Jets, and we're gonna get into it when we talk about their schedule, and their division, and you know that dude. Their schedule to start the season is brutal. 
It yeah. is absolutely brutal. And I, yeah. I had such high hopes for them. I'm starting to backtrack a little in my mind just because of the start to the season, but uh, I'm excited for them and I'm excited for the Jaguars as well as well. And we're going to get to see uh, again, two young quarterbacks face off. And that's always fun to watch. Yeah. And, and on the Jaguar side of that, the Jags don't have a uh, easy schedule to start the season either. They have the chargers in week two, the Eagles in week three, the Colts, and then the chiefs. And that's their, that, that, that's their, their start of the season. I mean, that is, wait, that's only their home schedule. No, no, that is correct. Yeah, that is right. Um, but yeah, no, I, and on side note, my dad's a big jets fan. So it's like, boom. And, and we fam- also little family rivalry blood. There. It is. Yeah, it is. And that's prime time. So it's great. Uh, let's go into something else with the schedule. Again, we're going to talk deep on the schedule talk uh, throughout the coming weeks when we dive and uh, when we dive into the division breakdowns of the schedule. But on this show, we have made it pretty known. We've uh, we haven't coined the phrase, but we've talked about it a lot. We're big fans of the revenge game. Revenge game. There's a lot of them this season. There is a lot of them this season. Aaron, what revenge game are you looking forward to most uh, this upcoming season? Uh, most, oh, man, there's there's a lot, but come on. Everybody knows where I love to go. It's the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a, this is a game where last year we saw, we saw Kansas City lose twice after getting big leads. The late in the season, week 17, I believe it was, and then again in the, in the championship game where the Cincinnati Bengals stepped up, especially defensively, and then came away with the win. I think this year they're looking to sweep. They're looking to make sure that uh, Kansas City knows that they are now the top of the AFC. And, and you can't ask for anything better than this kind of matchup. You get Joe Cool, you get Patrick Mahomes, two of the, the most talked about quarterbacks in the NFL, two of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I think that's just a fun matchup. Um, again, that we can kind of build some hype around, right? We're talking about a, a team that's, been to four straight AFC title games in Kansas City. Team that's coming off a of Super Bowl in Cincinnati. Can they repeat and make those make that deep playoff run again? This is a game that's going to be exciting because I believe both teams can be contenders. I really yep. do even as much hate as I give the Bengals. Um, the Bengals are just more of a team that has to show me again because they've only done it for one season, whereas I've seen Kansas City do it really for six seasons, even before Patrick Mahomes took over. They were contenders with Alex Smith. So um, I'm really, really excited for that one. Now, do those games like obviously the, with the Chiefs and the Bengals, the AFC, they could meet again in the in the playoffs? Do do you think there's like a like a set the tone type of thing? Like a okay, like whoever wins in that game, that's setting the tone for if they meet again in the playoffs. I think that only matters right now for Kansas City. I, I don't think I don't think Cincinnati needs to go in there and prove anything in that regular season matchup. They've beat them twice this year or this past season, and already beat them in the title game the pressure's kind of on Kansas city to say, you know what, this is still our conference. We got to go and make a statement. So I think it's more important for Kansas city to get out to a nice, a good start with a tough schedule that they have and get a win against a team like Cincinnati and say, Hey, we're not going anywhere just because we lost Tyreek Hill, just because we lost that title game. We're still here. We're still the class of the AFC. Yep. Yep. Mine comes. uh, Mine is a thing is, is yours in week 13. That's great. Because like you, you brought up the Cowboys playing the Bengals and that's the, that's a week two game. And it's like, okay, that's Rangers just scored two one on the power play. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> you just talked about how that, like that week two matchup, you're excited for it. Th- these middle of the season battles and these towards the end of the season battles are so huge because now everyone is in their rhythm. They're battling for a playoff spot. They're battling for seating. They're battling it all out. Mine comes in week third or week six. So there's still the it's right as they're starting to get into that rhythm. Mine is when the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Buffalo Bills. Once again, last year we saw them duke it out in the playoffs. We saw a new rule change because of this uh in the postseason, which I know you really really grinds your gears. But <laughs> this matchup right here is going is just it, it is. It is exactly what it is. Like it is like there's no I, I can't even talk about it because it's oh what is what else is to be said about this matchup between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, arguably the two best quarterbacks in the NFL going head to head that went into a grueling overtime this past postseason. I saw the Chiefs steal one some may say steal one away from the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills went out and got better. The Chiefs 
might not have gotten that much better from where they were last season at that time when they played them. It is going to be another shootout. It's going to be a battle between two of the best quarterbacks. It's right in that at that quarter mark of the season where everyone's now really starting to starting to flow. And I mean, it's it's primetime football. It's got to, or it's actually not primetime football. It's a four o'clock game on CBS. It, it will be the marquee game of the week. Um, obviously, um, on the CBS main, you'll get Romo, you'll get Nance. Like that's, I mean, that's what it's going to be. Um, I think the key here is you're probably looking at the two best quarterbacks in football. Yep. And we probably watched the greatest display of quarterbacking in the NFL that we've ever seen in that game. Uh, that divisional round game. Yeah, some could say the Chiefs stole it. Everybody wanted to see Josh Allen get the ball again. But we also all know what would have happened had Josh Allen got the ball again. He would have went yeah. down. He would have scored again. And then they would have yep. gave it back to the Chiefs. And guess what? They would have scored again. Like, we, we know this later. because we watched it that entire fourth quarter, that entire overtime. They went blow for blow. It was, again, to me, it was the greatest game I've ever watched. And the most excited yeah. I've ever been about a football game. And it wasn't a Super Bowl. It was a divisional round game. But I thought that was the Super Bowl. I said it then. And uh, unfortunately, it, it turned out neither team made it to the Super Bowl. But um, I would pay to see a game like that again. So I'm excited for yeah. that game as well. I think it's going to be a great display of football. And two of the top teams in the NFL. We'll see how high we have them when we unveil our power ranking. Look at you with a little teaser. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention this game. And when we talk about revenge games, there is one that kicks off. And I just listen as an honorable mention. The Seattle Seahawks taking on the Denver Broncos in week one on Monday Night Football. Russell Wilson's playing his former team in the Seattle Seahawks. Is this in Seattle? It is in Seattle. So you got Russell Wilson not only playing his former team, but returning to Seattle uh, to play them on primetime Monday night football. I, I, I have a question for you. This, uh, this again, this is another game that kind of the story writes itself, but do you think, who, who do you give the advantage to? Obviously we're going to talk about these teams and where they rank in the power rankings, but who do you give the advantage to in this game? Russell Wilson, knowing what Pete Carroll does or Pete Carroll, knowing what Russell Wilson does. This is easy, but by default. Seattle's team isn't good enough to really compete at the level. I believe Denver is going to be at this year. Russell Wilson knows the 12th man in Seattle. doesn't matter how loud that place gets. Russell Wilson is very comfortable in that stadium, especially on a Monday night, which I believe Russell Wilson is the most winningest quarterback on Monday night football. If I'm not mistaken, he's either the top dog or he's up there with the top um, of winning his quarterbacks on Monday night football. I, I think I give the edge to Russell Wilson. If this was the Legion of boom, and maybe Russell was coming back to face the Legion of Boom and some vaunted secondary, some, you know, great defense. We might have a different discussion here, but I just think Denver is on a different level right now than Seattle because of the quarterback position. Just their team is a little bit uh, more foundationally sound. Uh, so I give, the, I give the edge to Russell Wilson, but you can never count out a home opener, Monday night football against a team that knows that other guy was their quarterback that wants it really bad. So uh, it probably will end up being a close game. I would give the edge to Russell uh, just because of, you know, an all pro quarter. Yeah. Just to um, just to give you a little information here. The winningest quarterback on Mo in Monday night football history is actually Dan Marino with 20 wins. Dan Marino has 20 Monday night football wins, followed up by Tom Brady, Brett Favre and Steve Young. Russell Wilson it ha it has the fifth best win percentage on okay, Monday wait. night football behind Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, just a little fun fact there, the more you know. Uh, all right, we're about to get into our power rankings, but first, Aaron, do you ever do the social reads? Have you, How often no, do you do you social never, reads? No, you never give them to me, because I talk. I probably talk the most on the show, because I'm, you do. You know, I never stop talking, but yeah, it's okay. But I'm ready if you, if you need me, I'm ready. You know why I'm ready? Because you can always follow Baby Hands Picket and the Sac City Pod on all of our wonderful social medias easy to find at Sac City Pond on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter, the YouTube, and of course, my favorite, the TikTok, which I will be breaking down every team's schedule, wins and losses, and having a total where everybody's going to finish over the next coming week. So pay attention for that. Go and follow us on the Sac City Pod because, you know, hey, look, I don't know AJ's all a little fancy rhyming <laughs> skills, but we're blowing up. This is what we do. We're giving you nonstop content. Even during the offseason, we will not stop. 
And then be sure to support the show by going and get your draft. Com- commemorate the draft that just passed us by. We had all that coverage by buying the, the Vegas Welcome to Sac City Vegas style shirt. Go to Bonfire, get our shirt. I don't know the, the email address or whatever it's at, but you can find it on our social medias. Penny knows. What? One day left. Only one day left. Tomorrow will be the last day to get your commemorative special edition, limited edition. Tomorrow's the last day. This shirt will never be sold again, okay? Only on secondary websites when we make it big, people are going to be selling it as memorabilia. Like, we'll sign it probably then, but, like, you'll not be able to get one made again. So please get it now and use the promo code SACDRAFT to save 10% off. The website actually has been right down here, and it'll still be right down here for uh, the next probably 10 minutes, 10-ish minutes. Uh, it is bonfire.com slash shop sack city. Very easy, very simple. Go get your shirt today. The link is also plastered all over our social media pages, uh, and you can get it through that as well. Um, yeah, that's that's that. That That is... Uh, those are the plugs and it is now time to get into our power rankings our sack city power rankings about to be underway we're going to break this down in what four parts five parts i'm gonna break it down in four parts i should say and this is i'm ready man i'm so excited for this this is i've been buzzing about this all day been buzzing about this all day let's go into 32 through 25 it looks like this the chicago bears at 32 as the worst team in the nfl the atlanta falcons the houston texans carolina panthers seattle seahawks new york giants and the detroit lions or new york giants detroit lions and the jacksonville jaguars really i'm going over this because you want you guys listening at home on the podcasting platforms you are unable to see our beautiful graphic on the show listing that the chicago bears are the worst team in football as of right now. Aaron, can you elaborate on why we put them at 32? Yeah, I, I think we've lamented it kind of all off season. The Bears make a coaching change, which we were all happy about. The no, you know, no more is the Matt Nagy days. But what have they done to support their franchise quarterback? They talk about they're going to bring in the necessary weapons. I think the general manager came out and said, we're going to put the necessary pieces around the Justin Fields era, I guess you can say. And then we talk about the receivers that they have, the Darnell Mooney's, the Byron Pringles, the Velas Jones senior citizens. <laughs> and then they <laughs> spent their first two picks on defensive players, which is good. But the fact is, is they need to surround their franchise quarterback with the necessary weapons. And they haven't done that. And then you look at an aging defense. So you're now you're relying on these two rookies to come in and make a huge impact. You lose your best defensive player in Akeem Hicks. They their offensive line still has issues. They don't have weapons on the outside. I think it's a big deal that the Bears have not addressed the things they needed. It's nice that they're going in a different direction, but I think they're so far behind those teams that we talk about that are also at that, you know, bottom tier level. When we bring up teams like Jacksonville and the Jets and, you know, the Lions who have done all this work to improve their team, I don't see the Bears doing that. And I think that's why we have them at 30. Yeah, we see these teams moving in the right direction. We see, like we talk about, like you just said, the Jaguars, the Lions, the Jets. All these teams are moving in the right direction. And we, when you look at the Chicago Bears, you didn't even mention the fact that they lost Khalil Mack. And I, I know maybe Khalil Mack isn't the same. I, I don't even want to say he's not the same player. He is still the the, the uh, machine out there on the defensive on, on the defensive front. And I mean, this is a guy that that is a big piece that you lost. And I felt like, I mean, you lost those play, you lost Hicks, Mack. A-Rob, although A-Rob wasn't that special in his final season in Chicago, you still lose those type of players, and you don't do enough to bring any any type of replacements in or potential replacements in. You mentioned Vilas Jones. It's it's just not enough. So right now, the Chicago Bears, you land at 32 uh, on the Sac City Power Rankings. Uh, another team that kind of brings a, a talking point to is the Seattle Seahawks at 28. Not the worst team obviously nowhere near the best team, um, but they are in the top 28. So that's good. They're in the top 28. Um, the Seattle <laughs> that's Seahawks good. Are, They're in the top 28. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just how you word it. It's really just how you word it. They're in the top 28. They're battling for a spot in the top 28. Um, but no, the Seattle Seahawks are a team that you look at and it's okay. You lose Russell Wilson, but you still have those core pieces. That may be what's different here 
when you look at Seattle and when you look at like a Chicago, you don't have those necessarily like core pieces. You have Jamal Adams, you have DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett, you drafted well. I mean, and you have Pete Carroll. I mean, this is a team that, although you're at 28, it doesn't feel as bad being at 28, right? For sure. I think this they're at 28 because we're just unsure about the quarterback position. When you list Drew Locke as your starting quarterback or a Geno Smith as your starting quarterback, you're a little concerned about that. But we're not concerned about the weapons that surround him. We're not concerned about DK or Tyler. We know that they've improved their offensive line somewhat in drafting a Charles Cross. They bring back a Gabe Jackson and Austin Blythe, those type of players. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they, they bring back Quandre Diggs. They go out and get a guy like um, Uchenna Nuosu from the Chargers, who's a really good edge rusher. You still got some guys. You lose Bobby Wagner, but they also bring in a, or have a guy like Jordan Brooks who started to come on last year, started to get a little bit better. And their secondary is, is not bad. We talk about the Legion of Boom. You get a Trey Brown, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Sidney Jones, and a Justin Coleman. That's an improved secondary over the past couple of seasons. And then they drafted a Kobe Bryant. So I think with the draft and getting running back depth in Kenneth Walker, um, offensive line depth in Abraham Lucas, and then the the moves that they made this offseason, you're really just looking at the quarterback position. And you're saying, what do they do here? And we all know their, their plan is probably we'll go get one next year in the draft. So yeah. this year will be a struggle, which is why they're at 28. But I think when you look at the pieces, you can say that team will find a way to win some games because they're talented all over the field, except maybe the most important position, which is quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the, it's a difference. And you look at it again. I mean, you, you see Chicago being at 32. This is the team that didn't move forward. Seattle, even with trading Russell Wilson and by losing Bobby Wagner, they still move forward in, in, in progressing as a team. Uh, one last note here is just the Jacksonville Jaguars being at 25, not a Homer pick. Aaron was okay with this. I promise. But the Jaguars out of those teams, I'll pull it back up. They are. Would you say the Jaguars are the most ahead of team? Like in, in terms of the progression of rebuilding, would you say they're the most ahead of uh, the lions, giants, Texans, Falcons, Panthers, like those type of teams? Yeah. Well, the one thing you can point to right there, which is why I think they ended up at 25 for us is look at the quarterbacks on those other teams. They're, they're all unsure. I mean, J- Justin Fields, we talk about not having the weapons, but Davis Mills, they're still trying to figure out. Seattle doesn't have one. Atlanta, who knows Desmond Ritter, if, if that's their guy, they waited to draft him. He may or may not be their future. The Jacksonville Jaguars spent a first-round pick on Trevor Lawrence. He is their future. As of right now, he's their future. He's the one that they're going to re- rely upon, and now they're surrounding him with the necessary weapons in order for him to improve. So I think that's the difference in 25 to 32 is just yeah. they have a direction already where these other teams don't really have that direction again at the most important position on the football field. Yeah. And we are going to be bringing up comments as well. So if you're watching this at home, if you're watching this, please join in the chat. Uh, let us know what you guys think of our rankings. And if you have any questions on who is, why someone's ahead of someone else or whatever it may be, uh, Bailey is going to be our first question tonight. Why is Houston behind Seattle, the giants and Carolina? Yeah, this is just about experience. This is just about uh, a roster with less experience. Houston team is nice, but they got a ton of young guys outside of a Brandon Cooks. They have a lot of holes that they had to fill. And we know we talked about how much we loved their draft in getting a Petrie, a Stingley, Kenyon Green, a John Mechie. But those are four rookies. They're going to have to come in and start. Like Those are going to have to be pivotal parts of your team as, as rookies, whereas Seattle, the Giants, and Carolina already have those pieces. Carolina had a great defense last year. Their foundational pieces are going to be there. They're bringing back a J.C. Horn. We talked about Seattle. The Giants have talent really all over the field, except for the quarterback position in which we're still unsure about Daniel Jones. Even with the loss of a James Bradbury, I think they're more talented than Houston. I think it's just a matter of experience with the Texans. But over the next couple of seasons, you might see that shift start to happen. And then when they get there, solidify that quarterback spot, they'll start to look like the Jaguars and perhaps the Jets. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready to shake things up? I'm ready. I, I, this, this, that, that was pretty easy. Everybody's going to, okay, those are the bad teams in the league. I know this next group of eight is going to cause some controversy, but guess what? We're ready. We're ready for it. Here it is at number 24, the new England Patriots, number 23, the Washington commanders, 22, the New York jets, 
21, the Tennessee Titans, 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 19, the San Francisco 49ers, 18, the Minnesota Vikings and 17, the Miami Dolphins. I guess there really is one place to start. There's three AFC East teams in this group. The highest one is not the New England Patriots. It's the Miami Dolphins. And then it's the New York Jets. And then it's the New England Patriots. Aaron, go in on the Pats. Yeah, I, I don't know how much I can, how much more I can stress this. That the New England Patriots are consistently living off of past success. And I know everybody said this. Oh, are you joking? I'm going to say it again. I'm not joking. The New England Patriots, yes, they made the playoffs last year. Nobody's debating that. But what everybody fails to realize is what has happened this offseason? Every single team in the AFC has gotten better. Yes, except for the New England Patriots. Every single one of them. You go look at all the teams in the AFC. They've all gotten better except for the New England Patriots and perhaps the other team we're going to talk about in the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> you can't sit here and continue to say, oh, because we've done it for 25 years, we're always going to be that team. Because if that was the case, then as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I would have been saying that throughout the entire 2000s, the 2010s, and now 2020 because yeah. we were so good in the 90s. At some point, I've already said this about Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, they have to look at the roster. This is a roster of not very good football players, NFL standard football players. They, 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 have, they got old on defense. They're trying to kind of bring in guys, recycle players they've already had. Offensively, they don't have the weapons. Uh, the offensive line, they gave up pieces. This is the team that is the void of weapons and a void of talent compared to everybody else in the AFC. If you put them in the NFC, we might be having a different conversation here. But guess what? They don't get to play but four NFC teams <laughs> that, or yeah. five NFC teams. The rest of their games are AFC opponents, and they've all gotten better. And the thing is here, and we, we just had the Chicago Bears at 32, and we talked about how they didn't move the needle. They lost pieces, and they did not move the needle up to replace those pieces or get better in any way, shape, or form. The New England Patriots, and this is where I know people are going to be on us about why we're why we're disrespecting the New England Patriots. You still have Bill Belichick. You still have, I guess, you still have Mac Jones. You still have a, a, a core there. But the thing is, is if they didn't have those pieces, we are giving them their respect. If they didn't have those pieces, they'd be close to where the Chicago Bears are at 32. Because look at it on paper this offseason. The needle did not move for New England. They're getting passed by by everybody else ahead of them in on our list that we have. They're getting passed by the New York Jets. They're getting passed by the uh, the Tennessee Titans. They're getting passed by the even the Titans, who are a team that we talk about, who we're going to get into in just a, a second. They are still somewhat pushing the needle forward. They lost AJ Brown, but still, they still try to push that needle forward with a, with a trail on with a trail on Burks drafting him and the rest of the draft that they had new England just loses pieces, including a JC Jackson or even a Kyle Van Noy. And they don't really, they're not really moving the needle to, to help. And that's why we have them here. You, people can be mad at us all they want, but just, it's just plain and simple. The New England Patriots are not moving the needle forward. We're giving them the respect. We're respecting what Bill Belichick does. We're respecting the history of the New England Patriots of being a good team and putting them right there at that spot. But nowhere, nowhere forward because they have not moved the needle to, to make us push them forward. We, we talked about the offseason New England had last year, right? We, 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 everybody was so excited because they spent the most money they had spent forever. Bringing in Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, John U. Smith. They made all these moves last offseason, and everybody was excited. They, they go on a run in the middle of the season. They end up going 10-7 and seven to make the playoffs and then get absolutely destroyed by a real team, by a, a team that belonged there when the Patriots really didn't belong there. And yep. this year, we get, we're getting all this shit from fans because we're, we're down on the Patriots. And they did less than they did last year. They actually yeah. lost more pieces than they did la than they gained well, last year. And more you're more excited pieces. about them. Yes. More important. Exactly. You lost more the best pieces. cornerback in the arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. Like that's. Yeah, it, I, I don't get it. Like I know Patriot fans have a history and they're just going to point to their now oh, We got seven, six rings, whatever. That's great. I've been there. I've been a cowboy fan. <laughs> don't hit on the five rings. Like I've been that fan. 
you have to look at the roster for what it is and then look at the competition in the AFC, specifically the AFC East. Buffalo, they're, they're, they're 10 times Light better than years, New England. Yeah. New, yeah. England will ne- New England's not going to compete for the division title. And then we talk about the improvements of a Miami getting Tyreek Hill and now the Jets who's getting young talent. And I'm not saying the Jets are going to come be some world beaters, but it's just more than New England has to deal with. And, and then the rest of the AFC is so competitive. The fans just need to be realistic. They could win some games because Belichick is going to have them competitive. That's what he's so great at. They will be competitive. They will win some games, but they are not a contender. Let's make that very clear. They are not a contender. That's why we have them. Exactly. We're showing the respect that they deserve that they deserve. Sorry, Patriots fans. Uh, But one other team that obviously is going to get some, we're going to get some heat for is the Tennessee Titans being at 21. Uh, Now, do you want to just nip this one in the bud too? You want to, you want to shut down Titans fans before they yell at us? Yeah, I mean, they're going to yell, which is great. Listen, Titans fans, you, you would think that the Tennessee Titans have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, you, you would just think that they've done something. <laughs> because the way they talk about how good their team is and how competitive they are, you would think that they were a team that's in the title game every year, that's in the Super Bowl, that's winning these titles. The Tennessee Titans are 5-9 and nine in the playoffs since 2000. They have two double-digit win seasons in 13 years. And we have to argue with Titans fans about how irrelevant their regular seasons are. I'm sorry, but I'm a Cowboys fan, and I'm bringing it up again because I I deal with this kind of stuff. Every time the Cowboys are good, most Cowboy fans, oh, we're the great, we're going to the Super Bowl this year, this is (laughs) our year, and guess what happens? Everybody says, well, three playoff wins in 25 years. It hasn't happened. So you can't continue to talk about how good your roster is, what you have in these positions, when you prove it year after year that you're not that team. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year, and they did it without Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry comes back for the playoffs, they lose their first playoff game. Two years ago, they're up 17-0 on Baltimore in the AFC title game. They blow a lead to a quarterback who had been known for not being able to come back, not being able to throw his way back into a game. They blow that lead, and they lose. Like, they, or they did it to Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, not Lamar Jackson. Um, but they, they got it again. They got ahead on Lamar Jackson yeah. and almost blew that game to him. They blew the game to Patrick Mahomes. This is a team that is like, very much like the Patriots, and I'll attribute this to Mike Vrabel. They will always be competitive because yep. that is how good of a coach Mike Vrabel is. That is how good of a roster they have. They will always be competitive. But they are not contenders. We say it year after year. They are not contenders to win the Super Bowl. They might get in the playoffs, win a couple of games, whatever. They do not they are not going to win the Super Bowl. And you can hate it, hate me for it. You can hate Vinny for it, hate AJ for it, hate Dylan for it. We said it last year. That would be the one team they would lose their very first playoff game. What'd they do? They lost. Simple. They lost. Their roster's yeah. not that good. I got killed on YouTube, by the way, this week. Oh, yeah. I, I saw it. I killed I saw. For people telling me that they they don't need edge rushers because that, of yeah, how that. good they because of how good they were last season. People love to talk about last season, and I do understand the Bud Dupree's. I do understand about the Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry's, but don't tell me that you don't need more when teams are adding all pro offensive linemen in Cincinnati, all pro line or linemen in, with the Colts, the Jacksonville line got better. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, like all these teams are adding pieces, but you guys who didn't win a playoff game can stand still and still think you're going to get to the Super Bowl. Stop it. So I don't want to hear about what you have because that have didn't work last year and everybody else got better. Same conversation with the New England Patriots. Gotta start being honest with ourselves, okay? If you're a fan of a team, just start be, just start being honest, okay? With yourself. Be, you, don't lie to yourself. It's just gonna hurt even more at the end when you guys don't win a playoff game and you are sitting where, well, well, where the Jaguars are and not in the Super Bowl. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because our Sleep Number 360 smart bed is really smart. It senses your movement and automatically adjusts to help keep you both comfortable. Plus, it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. It's even smart enough to know exactly how long, how well, and when you slept, and to help you get almost 30 minutes more restful sleep per night. Sleep Number takes care of the science. All you have to do is sleep. Save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed Queen, now only $19.99, plus free premium home delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Uh, all right. <laughs> Nine through... Oh, here we go. This we're getting it's getting intense. It is getting intense after breaking the Titans fans hearts. We are now moving into 16 through nine. And this is just, well, 
We're going to see. We're going to see the Philadelphia Eagles at 16, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns at 15, the Indianapolis Colts at 14, Cardinals at 13, Saints at 12, Cowboys at 11, the Bengals at 10, and the Los Angeles Chargers at number nine. Now, this list here, really, it's headlined by the Bengals being at number 10, and that's where we have to start, Aaron. Yeah, so first of all, I want I want to say that Bengals fans should not be mad at being number 10 because I believe that that is being respectful to a team that went to the, the Super Bowl last year. Being a top 10 team is not bad. That We are basing this off of off-season moves, key additions. Yep. Um, is there going to be some regression? I only want to really point out one thing with the Bengals. I think we've had this conversation oh, enough with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're a very talented football team. I think they can be really good. But I do, I'm a huge believer in the Super Bowl hangover for the team that loses. And, I, and I, I'm only going to point to numbers that have already happened over the past, you know, 13 years, since 2009. Since 2009, the 13 losing Super Bowl teams, only six have made it back to the playoffs. Only six. Only one has actually won the Super Bowl, and that was the New England Patriots. And again, you're talking about the GOAT. And I'm sorry, Joe Burrow, but you're not quite the GOAT yet. Um, <laughs> the other teams, only two other teams made it to the title game. That was the Patriots again in 2012 and the Chiefs last year losing in the title game. It is extremely hard in the NFL to get back to where you were the year before. Not only do things, not only do you have to be a good football team, like I do believe the Bengals are a good football team, but you have to get lucky. Things have to break your way. You can't have any injuries. Those things in the NFL are so hard to do. So when you think that we're hating on the Bengals because we put them at 10 or we say they need to get better, it's not because we don't think they're a good football team, no. but Vinny's used this terminology a number of times tonight to move the needle. You have to be able to move the needle and in- endure the grueling NFL season. And there's so many things that can happen. Nobody expected a 10 and seven team in the Bengals to go on a run that they went on last. year. Nobody. Yeah. I don't even think Bengals fans thought they could do it. No, nobody thought whoa, it was going to happen. Whoa, 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 bro. But they did it, but they <laughs> yeah. did it. We've, we've I- seen this before from a team. They have to show us again. I'm giving them yeah. respect and putting them at 10, but they have to show me that they can do it again with the healthy Baltimore, with an improved Pittsburgh, with an improved Cleveland in that division alone and an improved AFC. So at number yeah. 10, I, I think we agreed that was a, a pretty good spot. For yeah. And you, and you brought up the, the needle moving, uh, the needle moving with the Bengals and they did to me, they moved the needle. They did move the needle. And like, that's what it is at this point of the, of the rankings. And you and I, we went through this together and, I mean, this was a hard thing to do. Like these rankings were not easy when it got to this point, especially in the top 10. And it's the, the Bengals move the needle. So don't get a, don't hear what we're not saying Bengals fans, but they didn't move the needle on the same level as the teams ahead of them, including the Los Angeles chargers who I had a little higher. I did. I had a little higher than nine, but you convinced me to put them at, uh, or you convinced me to put them at nine, but I think the Los Angeles Chargers, they did exactly that. But, and I, and now it all clicks in my head. It all clicks in my head that why they're at nine is because we have not seen them put it all out there on pay, put it all out there yet. We haven't seen, they, they, this is a team that missed the playoffs. I think the Chargers, out of all of our teams in the top 10, are the only team that didn't make the playoffs last year. So, yeah, it, which is it, why we had so much debate about it, which is why. Yeah. So this yeah. is why I think it's a very, it, it, I'm okay with this, with them being here at number nine, they did move that needle. And that's why they're the head of the Bengals because they moved that needle a whole lot more than the Bengals did. And I thought, and I thought they were almost the same on the same level in terms of a team before that, but obviously the Bengals put it all together. So they're, they're right there. Um, one last team before we go into our top eight is Cleveland Browns. They sit at number 15 here. and we haven't seen them play with a Deshaun Watson led team. Why do we have the, what, what is the reasoning behind 15 for the Browns? Simply that simply, we don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to be on the field. If Deshaun Watson plays a full season with the Cleveland Browns, they are a top. I'll, I'll go as far as say a top seven team in my opinion. Um, but we don't know. So I'm not going to just assume, and I'm not going to take credit away from those other teams that we know people that are going to be there at this point. But there is no doubt about it. If Deshaun Watson is on the field for the Cleveland Browns, that is a very, very talented roster. I believe he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I believe I would have them, him in the top, probably seven or eight teams 
in the NFL. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. I really hope the Browns don't Brown this season, man. Cause after last year, we were, all of us were, this is not even about Browns being Browns anymore. This is about, uh, they, this is about the Browns thought they had a franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield. The Browns know they have a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. When he comes. Yep. We've seen what Deshaun Watson does on the football field with yep. that roster, that running game, that there defense. Be no reason. There is no more excuses. Yep. This is not a, this is a, 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 a leader who's revered by his teammates, despite his off the field problems. Uh, I, I don't think there's any way that you see the Browns shit the bed that they, like they did last year. If Deshaun Watson quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, let's do it. Let's break down our top eight. Here we go. Coming in at number eight, it's the Denver Broncos. We talk about moving the needle and they did exactly that. They pushed the, you know, they said, Hey needle, I'm going to just, ha! and they went out and acquired Russell Wilson. Is it, this is a team that we have not seen put it all together and yet they land in the top eight at number eight. Why is that? Yeah, it's the roster that they already had built prior to getting Russell Wilson, right? Which is what we talk about. We talk about all these teams that didn't have a franchise quarterback that have surrounded it. Now they're talented quarterback with enough pieces. And I think that's what Denver's done with Seattle. Um, I'll let you finish it off because my internet connection is going kind of bad. No, you're good. You're good. I think that's, I think, I think that Denver there at number eight is, is the right fit. We don't have to touch too long on it. Cause I mean, some of these teams it's, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Denver Broncos pushed that needle forward. The team ahead of them pushed it just a little bit more by acquiring one Devonte Adams, the Las Vegas Raiders come in at number seven. This is a team that already had it all. I mean, this is a team that they, they lost a heartbreaker to Cincinnati and they went out and got their, their fix. Basically they needed another weapon. They needed someone alongside Hunter Renfro. They needed a playmaker. And guess what? They went out and got the best playmaker at the wide receiver position in Devonte Adams. I think that's, I mean, at number seven, it's pretty, again, it's straightforward, right? Yeah. I think they don't get the credit they deserve, especially a team that made the playoffs. Last like people forget they were in that game with the, AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals with a chance to win. Yep. Who knows if a imaginary whistle wasn't blown, uh, what would ha- you know what happens in that game? The the Raiders had a good football team and I think people are starting to give Derek Carr the respect he deserves and now you bring in, you know, all the additions, a Dylan Parham in the draft. I thought it was a great draft pick for the depth on the offensive line that they needed. Um the one thing I wasn't happy about, the news came out today that they traded um Brian Edwards. Can I think of Brian Edwards. I actually liked Brian Edwards on the other side of Devontae Adams. So it'll be interesting how they fill that third kind of running or wide receiver role uh, with the Demarcus Robinson or Keelan Cole or Matt Collins or somebody like that. But their defense got better in a Chandler Jones. Uh, they go and get a Rocky Stan, who's not great, but again, he's been in the league for um, making plays with the Colts. Uh, you, they have one of the best pass rushes. When you talk about having a Jonathan Hankins, Hankins in the middle and a Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, that's yeah. That's insane. Like the Chandler Jones edition is still kind of under the radar to me. I don't think people realize how good of an addition that was. The Raiders are going to be a good football team because they have one of the top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL. Yep. Bingo. And, and then at you number, surround them with, with good enough talent. At number six, rolling in is the Baltimore Ravens after a time. This might be a, a head scratcher to some people when they look at this. Obviously, I'd said that the Chargers were the only team that was in the top 10 that didn't make the playoffs. Well, the Ravens are the other team that's in the top 10 that didn't make the playoffs. And this is a team that, I mean, Aaron, what, what else do you, what, what, what can be said about the Baltimore Ravens at seven? One of the best rosters in football. And people forget because they were so bad last year. And then you go and add probably perhaps arguably a top three draft getting David Ojabo, Travis Jones, Kyle Hamilton, uh, Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, you're talking about the best players at the positions in the draft. Uh, and then I'm going to even go take it a step further. They even got a good punter. Like, like they even got a punter out of the draft. Like this is the team that is bringing back a healthy Lamar Jackson. You have a, a, an, a Mark Andrews. You're getting back Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins. This team you're getting back. Um, 
their Marcus Peters. You're getting back their entire secondary. Patrick Queen's there. Jason Away is another year with more experience. This is a team that is going to be a problem. Um, Super Bowl contender. They are a Super oh, yeah, Bowl 100%. contender. You did you did forget and leave off Rashad Bateman from your list of players that are that the Baltimore Forgot, Ravens have. And let's not even I, and Marcus Williams. And they added Marcus yeah, Williams. Marcus like, Williams. Yeah. I left off yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You said you were like, you started your list of their draft picks with David Ojabo. And I'm like, oh, that was their first round pick, forgetting that they had two players ahead of David Ojabo in Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum. It's it's incredible what Baltimore did. They come in at number six. Number five, it's the Green Bay Packers. I mean, this is now getting to a point where it's tough to determine who goes where and why. Green Bay slides in at number five, losing Devontae Adams. But I guess the needle was moved enough everywhere else, right? I... You know how I feel about wide receivers. I, I, I like wide receivers. I catch them. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> they don't move the needle as much as people want them to. They can make a good team great, but they don't take a great football team and make them bad. Uh, and I think that's what you're seeing here. Devontae Adams is a hell of a player. Okay? He's a hell of a player. Aaron Rodgers is the reason why Green Bay is Green Bay. That offense yeah. will still run with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. It's the same reason why we still believe in Kansas. It's the same reason why we've watched other receivers leave and we still see teams do okay. Yeah. Um, I, they, what they've done on defense and what they've done in the draft, uh, it, it's just their roster is one of the best rosters in football. Top to bottom, name a weak spot on the, on the Green Bay Packers outside of the imaginary wide receiver position if we don't think Christian Watson's going to be good. Who's their tight end they don't have a weak spot. Who's their tight end? They nowadays? still got they still got Tunyon. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay, Tunyon's still there. Mercedes, and, Lewis, hey, Mercedes Lewis is still there. Hey, there it is. Let's go, Mercedes. All right, good, <laughs> good, good. I'm gonna talk about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and it really, it's splitting hair. It's it's getting tough with this top five coming in at number four. And I real quick, I like the way you broke that down with talking about how losing Devontae Adams sucks, but Aaron Rodgers that like. It's the reason why the quarterback position wins wins the MVP so often. It's because it's the most important position, and it runs through the quarterback position. And when you have Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, I say arguably, didn't say he was, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, that's what happens. Uh, number four is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs slot in at number four. The uh, one Super Bowl champion led by Tom Brady, he returns uh, new head coach there with uh, Todd Bowles. You still have them in that same spot, though. Really, really this is where the Bucks kind of fall normally, right? No, no change with uh, Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians, right? No, they're going to run the same offense. Tom Brady's still the GOAT. Tom Brady, unless he just has a massive fall-off, which I don't see happening the way he works unless he gets injured, something like that. They added Russell Gage. They, you know, they, lo they drafted Logan Hall. We talked about Luke Gudecki adding some depth there. Um, defensive line could, you know, needed some help. They, they still could probably use another pass rusher, but I told you, watch, watch out for uh, Joe Tryon. I don't know how to say his very last name is Shoyinka or something, uh, but yeah. he started to come on last year. They, they're, they're fine. They bring back most of their players. They got Shaq Mason to kind of fill uh, the void of losing one of their offensive linemen. They're, they're going to, they'll be, they'll be, it's a weak be, NFC. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fine. Like there's yeah. not much to say about Tampa Bay other than they got Brady. They're a super exactly. Exactly. And the same thing could be said similarly to the team that slots in at number three, it's the Kansas city chiefs. Whoa. Ah! <laughs> I would venture to guess that people disagree with you. Um, let, let's be honest. There are people out there that do not think the Kansas City Chiefs are a Super Bowl contender because they lost Tyreek Hill. And Tyron Matthew. I think the needle moves more because of Tyreek Hill. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's why people would move the needle more. Me? Yeah. I, I told you guys from since 2000, whatever, 17, 18, I don't know when it was. Eight, yeah. As long as they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I will pick them to represent the <laughs> AFC in the Super Bowl. I'm dead serious about this. I'm dead I, serious. I know. I know. I, I it doesn't think, mean I that. Think the, I, it doesn't mean I feel like they're the best team right now in the AFC. But 
all these other moving parts are they're just that they're parts. Yeah. We've seen it before. We've seen this in New England with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah. There is a reason why Kansas City has had players filter through there over the past five seasons. And guess who's there every the end of the season fighting for a Super Bowl trip to the Super Bowl? They've only got one win, but they're fighting every yeah. year. Kansas City. Yep. Because they got the quarterback and they got the head coach. And that's all I need to see. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, you talk about the needle and, and people saying maybe the needle moved back because Tyreek Hill. I think Kansas City did a very good job keeping that that needle where it was bringing in. I'm going to say this. I, Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't know how, I don't know what goes into winning comeback player of the year, but I think Juju Smith-Schuster has a wide receiver one type year where we're talking about him as a top 10, top seven wide receiver at the end of the year with Patrick Mahomes. Like that's how, that's how good I think it ends up being. Yeah. Could be. I think he's a better number two option, which I think helps being in Kansas city because Travis Kelsey is the main focus. Yeah, exactly. You have, you have a Marquez Valdez Scanley. You draft this guy more. I think it helps Juju having yeah. all of those other weapons because they can't just focus on him. Um, yeah. I do believe he's going to have a really good year. I don't know about top yeah. seven, but. We will, especially for fantasy. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's break it down. Number two and number one, two teams remain. Who gets the number one spot? It is the Los Angeles Rams at number one and the Buffalo Bills at number two. Aaron, how hard was this decision to put the Bills and the Rams where they were? Uh, more difficult than you think. Uh, this is simply a respect move for the Rams for winning the Super Bowl last year. So I believe the Buffalo Bills are the most talented, the best team in football going into whatever t- today's Friday, May 13th. I believe the Buffalo Bills are the best team in football, but the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. The Rams got Allen Robinson. The Rams still addressed some needs. They lost a few players, but they, they've addressed some needs. I feel like they deserve to be number one because of the respect we need to put on Matt Stafford's name. Uh, and Sean McVay too, man, after they're going to a Super Bowl and having that atrocious Super Bowl that he had against the Patriots. A couple years yeah. later, he's right back in it, and he gets the win after he gets his quarterback. Um, the Rams deserve to be number one, but Buffalo is coming. Yeah, I think Buffalo is coming, but I, I do think, I personally think that the Rams are the best team in football, and it's not just paying respect to their Super Bowl their Super Bowl win. I think they are the best team in football. You talk about Sean McVay being a very good head coach, and then you, you talk the theme of the show, the, that needle, that imaginary needle, it was already at full gear for the, the Los Angeles Rams after winning a Super Bowl. They lose what Sony Michelle, which, uh, okay. You lose Sony. That'll be a, that'll matter a little bit, but not, not enough. Uh, who losing I mean, Andrew Whitworth will hurt. Whitworth, that, losing that will, Whitworth will hurt that locker room as well as that offensive line. Uh, agreed. I think that's their biggest loss to me, but I think, I think where they gained, it still keeps that needle at all the way at full gear, if not breaking the, the, the dial and going full past the full gear and breaking into the, whatever the shadow realm or whatever we're calling it nowadays. Uh, they bring in Bobby they Wagner. Play, they play, they play week one, right? Rams bills, Rams bills. Week one. That's the it's Thursday night. So, so I'm nah. just going to tell you right now, you are going to see the Rams get destroyed. Week one. Destroyed. Oh. Buffalo wow. is going to destroy the Rams in week one. Wow. wow. And it's not an indicative of where they finish or anything like that. But if you have, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go visit the TikTok page. I, I, if you watch Ooh. the Ozarks, got a little Ozark Josh Allen in there. Oh, visit man. that TikTok page and just, just play that one. That's Josh Allen's mentality coming into this year after the way they lost last year in that overtime game. There you go. There you have it. You can follow us on TikTok at Sac City Pod and the rest of our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Again, last day is tomorrow to get your Welcome to Sac City Vegas tea uh, available on bonfire.com slash shop Sac City. Use the promo code SACDRAFT to save 10% off. That does it for our final power rankings of or our first power rankings of the the new year once now that the draft and the uh free agency is complete we'll be back on monday live at 8 p.m eastern time breaking down the afc north and their team and the teams involved uh and their schedule i should say and uh yeah it's just a good another good fun and games friday show man another good fun and games friday show i appreciate you help me break down the uh top 32 the top 32 teams in the nfl or top 20 26 and then the bottom 
six of the NFL. We'll be back again live Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern time for my best friend, Aaron Mukes. I am me. We will see you Monday. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.